Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 70 of the Ask the Coach Show, where we answer your table tennis questions. Today, we're giving our thoughts about who is the second best table tennis nation. We talk about some serving rules, your options against a short sidesman serve, whether it's a good idea to switch from shake hand to pen hold, and how you can get used to playing with the new poly ball. As always, only just Alois is with me to answer your table tennis questions. Good morning, Supercoach Alois. Oh, good morning, Jeffrey. <laughs> I um, I, ne- I needed a wake-up call this morning, Jeffrey. Yes, it's pretty early, isn't it? I remember like a month ago when we used to wake up, it was quite light outside, but now it's getting pretty dark at 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, getting getting dark and oh my goodness. Um, so Jeff had to uh, phone me this morning to, uh, to get me up, and that was about oh, five minutes ago. Yeah, so we're just a, we're a couple of minutes late on the show, but we're still here, so that's good. Good dedication. <laughs> oh dear, yes, but I'm sure you're ready to um, answer oh, the questions. Ready, ready, yeah. I am. Well, let's start with yesterday's Ping Silas question of the day, which is. Who is the second best table tennis nation in the world? Well, I think it's it's very rapidly becoming Japan now. So you know, Japan had a had a had a big lull um, where they um, where they really um, struggled for a while. But yeah, they, in the last couple of years, they've really showed that uh, I think they are the second best nation in the world, and they've really come up both in the men's and the women's. So I think overall, for me. Japan. Japan, so even stronger than uh, Germany. You think better than uh, putting Bowl and Dimmer together? Yeah, I think overall, you know, so um, so I'm, t- I'm taking into account the women as well. Yep. Um, and, I, you know, I think maybe Bowl and Dimmer, are, you know, slight favourites at the moment, but, um, you know, I think the Japanese players are, are, are catching them rapidly and, uh, you know, maybe even ahead. Maybe, and I think, I don't like to say it, but Bowles probably reached his peak and is probably on the way down with just age catching up. I mean, he's probably probably reached his peak, but, I think you know, he's um, he's got a, a nice simple game that, uh, you know, he's been able to maintain for a very long time. But, yeah, he's probably, he's probably not going to get much better, I don't think. Yeah, and Japan have got some good young players coming up. We saw a couple at the Australian Open who were just amazing to watch. Yeah, the, yeah, some of the young Japanese, like Koki Niwa and those sort of guys, you know, just just their dynamic ability is just, uh, yeah, really spectacular to watch now, isn't it? And, you know, they're, they're, um, they're being a lot more innovative with their strokes. Um, you know, I remember, you know, the old days, the, uh, the Japanese were always considered the ones that were very... Um, one-dimensional and, you know, just trained really hard and, um, and uh, you know, just had a one-dimensional game. But now, wow, you know, the, those young Japanese guys, they're just able to do so much with the ball, you know, really really being inventive with the side spin blocks and, um, and the powerful strokes. So, yeah, they've, uh, they've come a long, long way. Okay, interesting thoughts there. Well, that moves us on um, to the ping silver question of the day, and it is: um, it says Peter Skudner returns to the position of chairman of USA Table Tennis. 
How important is the role of the chairman of a national association and what qualities should a chairman have? Now, that's a pretty deep question, Aloy. So, everyone, jump on and give us your thoughts. Um, we'd love to hear them. You can uh, leave it on our YouTube channel or you can go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link, and you'll find this show there where you can leave your comment. So get on board. Think about this one, a deep question. How important is the role of the chairman of a national association and what qualities should a chairman have? All right. Let's move on to the questions. George um, has jumped on. Thank you, George, to our Google Plus Hangout, and he's used the Q&A app to ask a question. And uh, George has asked, he says, is it late for me to start playing professionally? I'm 19 years old. Will I have a chance against players who have been training for years, or should I keep playing just for fun? Um, yeah, so George, if you've just started at 19, I always say, um, forget about trying to be world champion because it, it, it's really, really difficult or I think it's impossible if you're starting at 19. But table tennis is a game that you can play for up, up to your 80s and 90s. So playing professionally, you know, it, it, takes, it takes 10 to 15 years of, of really hard um, training. At 19, the biggest limiting thing is that often at that age, you don't have the time to put in those sort of hours. So, you know, your work gets in the way, work, family, those sort of things. Um, so it becomes really difficult um, at 19 to um, reach, you know, a really, really high level. But having said that, don't be discouraged. Like, it's important to just get out there and just see where you can get to. You know, like I can say yes, no, doesn't really matter, but it's just about what you can do. So, you know, just get out there, play, 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 play as much as you can, see where you can get to. You know, um, it'd be it'd be fantastic to uh, to reach a high level. You know, there's um, I always talk about uh, there's one player here in Australia. Um, uh, who, Brian Berry, who started uh, at a really late age. I think he started at 18 or so. Um, and um, and he now is one of the best veterans players in, in Australia. Reached a really high level. Um, but, you know, he's he's been playing solidly for all that time. I think he's 60 now. Um, so, um, you know, for 40 years, he's been training and playing and, and, uh, and competing. Um, so... Uh, Reaching a very, very high level is not out of the question. Yes, excellent. Um, yeah, so, George, and I think along those lines, Alice, it's important just to take it a step at a time, isn't it? You know, just try and get a little bit better, try and get a little bit better, try and get a little bit better. If you just look at that big picture, it seems far away. I, I find it better to, you know, break it down into little steps that you can uh, reach or progress up along the way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, first... Think about what grade or, or section you're playing in your competition. Try to get a little bit better in that, you know. Um, try to win um, a higher percentage of matches in the section that you're playing. It's just that, uh, it, that's a, it's a really good point, Jeff. Just, you know, little steps and uh, see where you can get to. All right. Well, thanks for the question, George, and good luck. Uh, make sure you keep us updated on your progress. Okay, next question is from Diego. He says, hi, coaches. I've been training for a while now 
And I was wondering if I can turn over a new leaf and become a pen holder. By the way, I'm currently a shake hand player. A few months back, I was actually a pen holder, but decided to become a shake hand player. What do you think, Alois? Yeah. So, Diego, um, it is it is possible to change. So, um, you know, you you started as a pen hold player. You're now now a shake hand player. Um, you want to go back to a pen hold player. I think it, yeah, it's definitely possible to do, but it's really important that you don't keep changing because. The more times you change, I mean, you lose a little bit of time. Um, you lose a little bit of um, development as well because when you uh, when you're changing, um, and we talk about this with changing rubber as well. So when you're changing um, something major, um, there's a period of time where you don't really know whether it's you that's improving or not improving. You know, is the mistake because I've just changed my grip or changed my rubber? So those sort of major changes, you, you need to just keep to a minimum. Um, I would say change now, but keep your grip now for at least two years um, and give it a real go. Because if you if you change again, you you're gonna just start mucking yourself up. Yeah, good advice. I guess it's kind of like specialising, is it? You don't want to be too broad, but you want to specialise a skill. Or yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, people. I think yesterday we, we chatted about um, you know changing from or practicing right-handed and left-handed and those sort of things as well. You know, um, table tennis you, you just need so much um, skill. You can't just keep changing between different things. Just yeah, specialize with what you're doing. Great. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Diego. All right, one of our regular viewers, Brock's on on the show. He's asked, "How are you? We're good, thanks, Brock." Excellent. Tired, yep, tired, bro. Tired. <laughs> yeah, Alice is tired. Um, all right. Now, next question is from uh, Buford, who says, "What if your palm holding the ball is sweaty, and the ball gets stuck to your palm, and it doesn't release from your palm like it usually does when you're serving? So you kind of throw it up, and it kind of just falls. Are you allowed to wipe your hand and start the serve again?" Or is this just bad luck and the point is over? Yeah, it's um, basically it's bad luck. So once you once the, you've you know prepared and you've, you've tried to throw the ball up, the ball's in play. So um, yeah, it's it's really your responsibility to to just make sure that your palm is nice and dry. Um, because yeah, otherwise yeah, otherwise you know if you, if you do a bad toss, you know you could you could blame. The fact that your palm was sweaty, so yeah, you, it, it's the other person's point. Um, but just make sure that you do try to, um, you know, wipe your wipe your hand regularly um, every six points. And you know, you can even just wipe your wipe your palm on your on your shirt or on your shorts um, when you're playing as well in between points. Yeah, that's a good point because you only get to towel down every six points. So in between that, um, you still need to dry your hands. And one question we get a lot is why do you see players wipe their hands on the table? And I guess it's partly because of that, Alloys. Yeah, they do. That's right. Yeah, players do um, go close up to the net and wipe their hand on the table um, there, um, and that's one of the reasons as well. You know, so, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and they go close up to the net because that's where the ball won't hit. I guess they don't just wipe it right in the middle of the table. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and the, but the other thing is that um, if your hand is really sweaty, 
and you show the umpire, um, they will allow you to um, use your towel and, and dry your hand off because they don't want um, that disruption to play. They don't want the ball to be getting sweaty. So if you show them that your hand is is sweaty, they'll um, they'll allow you to towel down at other times. Yeah, good point. And 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 the ball really shouldn't be sweaty because then it doesn't grip on the rubber and causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, that's all right. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, Beaufort, for the question. All right. Next on, we've got one from Grenville, who says, and this could be interesting because people have quite strong opinions about the new balls, and he says, with the new poly ball, I have some difficulty in adapting to it. On the serve, especially, because I feel I'm not able to put much spin into it, and in the rally, I feel that the ball is not coming to me the way I like it. It feels a bit slower and a bit lighter. What are your thoughts on this, Alois, and how can Grenville adapt? Yeah, so so basically, I, I think your observations are right. You know, so it it is um, a little bit more difficult to generate spin on the on the new poly ball. So um, generating spin is a little bit more difficult, and also. Um, the ball does tend to sit up a little bit or just come through a little bit slower. The, the, the fact of the matter is that, unfortunately, we, we just have to adapt to it now. So um, that's what we have to play with. So if you allow yourself to adapt, it'll, you'll start to, you'll start to um, uh, get used to uh, the slight differences. If okay, you, so, so what you're saying there, Alois, is that you think the mindset can be sort of stopping people. If you're always worried, oh, it's not what it used to be, it's not different, then you're kind of not focusing on adapting, you're focusing on the problems? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we need to focus on where we're at right now. This is what we've got. We've got the poly ball. This is how it, the poly ball bounces. That's what we have to play. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if, you, if you're always remembering what the previous bounce was like, You'll be comparing, and you won't be, um, you know, uh, in real time. You won't be sitting there watching this ball. You'll be thinking about, well, this is what used to happen, and this is what happens. Um, you know, I used to be able to get that much spin, and now I can get less spin. Just, um, we've just got to move on. Okay, and so um, really, just changing the attitude is going to help. Is there anything on the table we can do to get used to it? Yep, just hitting more balls. So we just need to. Um, Hit with them for you know a period of months now, um, and that will change the um, the automatic uh, perception reaction in our heads. And really, the the change isn't that big, you know. Like um, it, there's there's a slight amount of uh, spin difference, there's a slight amount of bounce difference, but it really isn't that big, you know. Our minds are are um, are good enough to adapt to things like that uh, really easily. Yeah, when I've used them, initially just the first couple of hits, you notice something is different, but when you sort of just focus in on the ball and just start playing, I almost forget that it's a new ball. Yeah, that's right. And and now I think the sound of them is, is a lot better, so it's easier to forget. You know, when they first came out, they, uh, had, a, they had a horrible sound and, um, and it was almost like they were broken, but uh, yes, the, the manufacturers... Um, have already improved a lot. So, um, yeah, in another six months, they'll be better and better again. All right. Well, hopefully that helps out, Grenville. I think a lot of people uh, are in your situation um, and struggling with these new balls. But see if you can um, 
take some of those ideas on board and see if it helps you out and let us know. All right, thanks, Grenville. All right, Ernest asks, is flicking the ball the only way to return a heavy, short side spin serve? Are there other ways to return that kind of serve? Yeah, so with side spin, you've got a few options. Um, you, you, can, you can push the ball short as well, or you can push the ball long. Um, you, need, you need good touch to be able to push the ball well with, um, with any short serve, but it's something that you need to practice. So flicking is one option. Short pushing is another option. Long pushing is a third option. Um, so yeah, give give them all a try. Try to try to push that ball short. Sometimes it's a really effective stroke that you can use um, to stop your opponent from um, from attacking as well. So uh, if you're going to try that short push, do you need to alter the the push as it against if it was like a backspin ball? Um, yeah. So there's there's backspin um, or or there might be a little bit of topspin, but then with the side spin as well. So with the side spin, so if, if you hold your bat flat that way, um, the ball is going to spin sideways one way or the other. Um, so if the ball is going to spin that way, you need to alter the angle so that now the ball goes straight back onto the table. So it's a matter of adjusting your angle sideways, using your bat like a rudder to steer the ball back onto the table. Okay, so, so that counts as the side spin, and if they serve the backspin, normally you'd alter the bat backwards to counter that backspin, but because there's no backspin on the ball, what what do you do then? Um, they, the serves will always have, tend to have a little bit of back or a little bit of side, I mean, uh, sorry, a little bit of top. Um, they very rarely have just side spins. So if, it's, if it's just pure side spin, then basically your bat can be like that. If it's got backspin, then you need to turn your bat backwards. If it's got a little bit of topspin, then you can turn your bat forwards slightly. So it's just altering the angle of your racket um, so that you are changing and able to um, steer that ball back onto the table. Okay, good. So I guess really the key is not to get too caught up in worrying about the angle every time, but really read the spin that's on the ball and just um, react accordingly. Yeah, that's right. Okay, excellent. Well, this has um, been a slightly delayed show, but I think a really informative show, Alois. You've woken up and provided lots of valuable input. It's fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm good, in the, I'm good in the mornings. I'm good in the mornings. <laughs> excellent. Good work. I love it. Well, um, that wraps up episode 70. Um, 70 shows, Alice. That's pretty impressive. Um, so thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, make sure you check out pingskills.com. Take a look at our website. You can sign up for a free newsletter. We've got loads of videos on there. It's really a good resource. And if you click on the blog link, you'll find um, all of these shows there in our blog. So thank you. Thank you, Alice. Thanks, Jeff. And... Uh... We'll see you tomorrow morning, I think. We will, indeed. We will see you tomorrow. I'll, I'll make sure he's there. I'll phone him up and uh, get him on board. Thanks, everyone, and we will catch you tomorrow. Bye.